Hey, everybody, welcome back to Gear 30 on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, the founder of Blister, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Since we now have to go learn how to teleski and go shoot a tele video of that, we are crowdsourcing a crash course in telemark technique. You can check out part one of that in our Blister podcast, episode number 125. And then here today, we're going to get into Telemark gear. So here in part one of our Telegear episode, we are talking again with the artist Jeff McFetridge, Flylo Gear co-founder and president Dan Abrams, and Blister reviewers Paul Forward and Kristen Sinnott. And just one thing before we get going— Remember that we are relaunching our Blister Book Club this coming Monday, April 13th. That will be on our Blister podcast channel. And our guest is going to be Chris Diamond, who is the author of the books Ski Inc. and the follow-up book Ski Inc. 2020. So my focus with Chris is going to be on this latest book, Ski Inc. 2020. And we'll also, of course, be getting Chris's take on our present situation and what he thinks the ramifications will be for ski areas in North America and around the world. So if you haven't already, hurry up, get your copy of Ski Inc. 2020, and then try to finish the book before this coming Monday. And then for our next Blister Book Club, Jeff McFedridge, who we are going to be talking here to today, well, he and I are going to be talking about the book The Abstract Wild by Jack Turner, and that conversation is going to post on May 11th. So get yourself a copy of Ski Inc. 2020 and also The Abstract Wild by Jack Turner. Put your reading glasses on and get to work. But now it's time to talk telegear with the same esteemed guests that we discussed Teletechnique with earlier this week on our Blister podcast. Again, that's Blister podcast episode 125. So check that episode out first and then come back here to Gear 30 and you can see what sort of guidance Jeff and Dan and Paul and Kristen have to offer us regarding Telegear. Here we go. Jeff McFetridge, we are back, and now, since you've already taught me how to telemark ski, um, I need to now ask you about telemark gear. Right, because you're hooked now. <laughs> you need to go shopping. Right. So You're scouring the internet <laughs> in the Wayback Machine. You've gone into like Google Wayback Machine to 1997, <laughs> oh, and you're shopping. Yeah. Um. <laughs> What the floor is yours? What advice do you have? This is this is really role reversal here. Normally, I'm the one giving gear advice, and now I'm just I'm I'm hungry for whatever I can get. Right. So once again, preface this with like I'm not an expert. I'm not a gear expert like you are, but I can. I mean, I think basically for um, I can talk to you about where I've ended up with Telmark gear. so definitely Telmark skis are just skis. Okay. So everything you know about skis, you know about Telmark skis. There was a period where like K2 would make skis that were like Telemark. But I don't know exactly what that meant. I think they were just skis too. <laughs> but um, 
I um I I think that like a super like you love super burly skis and I think that definitely like there are like super charging telemark skiers who'd be like yes give me this super burly ski with tons of metal in it but I would say that like um telemark is more of a nuanced turn and that maybe like the burliest ski um I think also since you're just starting to telemark you've just been hooked you're going to you're going to want like a yeah like a mellower ski i got a pair of custom skis made by Pete Wagner mm, our friend Pete yeah and he's great and he asked me name me some skis that you like talk about your ski style and so i just was like told him stuff i liked and what and he made me a ski that i was like oh my god this is an amazing ski and then i asked him about it and i was like so what is the ski you made me sort of wondering like did you make me did he make me a, a super soft ski or a ski that was really soft in the tips with hard tails or whatever and he, he was like oh i just made a it was a pretty regular ski you know like not super soft like so it's like that ski like a a, a, a wagner ski that's i don't know exactly his construction but like like that was like a a great ski for me um and then i started skiing on k2 skis which are sort of like i feel like K2 skis are known as sort of like slightly on like the softer side. Certainly the Reckoner skis the, that now, well, there's the Jeff McFedridge limited edition, right? right? Um, that's a softer, more playful ski. Um, yeah. But you've also spent time, I think, like on some of the Waybacks. Yes. So Waybacks was, has been, yeah, that's been like my touring ski for years. And yeah, then that like yeah, and I skied the Reckoner for two seasons. I think that's a it's a super fun ski. Um, that's probably the fattest ski. Like that that's definitely my like powder ski. But I'll ski it in any conditions. Um, uh, my yeah, my Wagners are one hundred eight, um, one seventy two. Like so, I, it's like you run your regular length ski. Like you just run your regular ski. And that's the same as Mount Point. I mean, I definitely, I I just go with factory like boot center. And the other thing is with with, with, um, Telemark bindings, I always do inserts. So like I'm not moving my bindings around a lot because it's just, it's a real pain. But um, I definitely, I'll maybe go one centimeter back from um, boot center. I never go way, I had one pair, I had some surface skis that I mounted like dead center and it was like a total nightmare. Like it was just the only time I was like, this is like a nightmare. I moved them like, you know, I don't know, like two inches back and they were okay. But, um, so it's very traditional, traditional mount, I, I find. But then there's, you know, there's definitely like, and I was, I can ski, I can ski Telemark backwards, but it doesn't make any difference really. But I do feel like the Telemark turn, it does, I, you know, instinctively it's sort of like, you're moving around a lot. And so you want that little bit of room to move. Um, and it's easier to move. It feels like it's easier to move forward than it is, is to move back. Like, you know, Telmark, you can like, I feel like you can move your weight forward very easily. Um, so like being too far forward is like, there's nothing you can really do about it. Well, this is this has been the big question, right? 75 millimeter binding versus NTN. And so this is, a, I'm thinking hard about this. I've got my theory, but I want to. I want to hear from you. 
about, again, newbie here. Yes, and but the reality is, we are all beginners in the world of telemark. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just switched, and it's like, oh my God. So I've been telemark, yeah, for whatever, for 15 years or something. And I just switched to NTN this year. Uh-huh. And it was like this long, like, I mean, and th- you know, the other, the weird thing about telemark is like, it's really hard to get information because so few people do it. It's this dying, it's this sport that's like shrink, it's contracting, let's just say. It's contracted. It used, now it's on the growth. It's right. back on the We're growth. We're working growth. on this. <laughs> or moving into the third wave. But currently, at the tail end of the second wave, um, uh, yeah, it's really hard to get information. And I don't have any friends. I don't, yeah, I don't have any <laughs> friends who currently telemark because they've all quit telemarking. Um, but uh, so it's hard to get information. And so you just have to like buy gear and try it which is like a huge expense. So switching to NTN means new boots and new bindings for those who don't know Telemark that well. And uh, so, so far, um, so like I was, so my, so let's talk about my, like, like my duck bill boots. And so those, that was, I was just, I've been on um, these like, they're, I mean, they're now made by Scott, but they used to be Garmont Voodoo's. Now they're Scott Voodoo's um, and you can still buy them. And then I've, I've just, I'm a total believer in 22 designs bindings. And so I was on like vice bindings for like resort skiing and then the touring ski, that's touring binds and axle. And they're like amazing. They're great. But then my boots are like, were decomposing. They were so old. Like my second pair had gotten off eBay, off like Craigslist or something. Like everything was sort of like getting old. And I was like, oh, I should try this. Like if I love telemark skiing, I should switch to NTN. So I, I got there, they have, um, they've made a, a, a new, a binding last year. Um, that's the uh, Lynx. So their new, their binding, their tech toe binding is called the Lynx. So they've, it's their touring binding. So I decided my first NTN binding will be a touring binding. So it's like, they're like a pound lighter. Like they're in way, way lighter than uh, my previous bindings and whatever. and. But man, that they do not ski the same. It does not ski the same as it's just not. And so partially it's I've had one season and I've had a lot of problems with them and they've been super helpful. And they actually just replaced, they sent me replacement parts because I had the earliest edition of the binding and they've since improved it. And they're an amazing binding. They're really they're made handmade in Idaho and you know, they're telemarky. They're like, yeah, they're great. Made in USA bindings. And yeah, with the Telemark rig, you can ride, you can roll everything but your boots made in USA, which is amazing. Like, it's really cool, you know? And, uh, but yeah, they don't ski the same. It's like much more hingy. So if you imagine like, instead of like this like fluid, like spring-loaded like arc of a turn, imagine something that feels more like tick tick. And it's like, people say like, oh, it's a more upright stance and all this stuff, which I was fine with. Like, oh, I don't need to get super. And I definitely am a telemark here who skis pretty low. Um, but I was like, fine to change. And I'm, I don't care. Like, I'll ski in whatever way. Like, and I want to, you know, it's like, I want to participate. Like, what's new? Like, I wanted to see, ski something new. But it's so far uh, season into it, I've become more comfortable with it. But now I ski... I'm experimenting with like skiing with my boots. Like, so I have new boots. So I have like uh, Scarpa boots and I've skied with them in walk mode. 
What? There's something about the bindings being stiffer but being less dynamic that it's like better to have flex in my cuff, which is crazy. So there's something going on that is like, and I've read online and I've talked and I've talked to people and like so far of all the like of the two telemarketers I've talked to about it, <laughs> which are just random strangers in the lift line, because I don't know I don't have no one else to talk to. And they've said, yeah, dude, it's not the same. Huh. So my advice to you is go with 75 millimeter. Okay. Which is, which, and also, I also believe it's like, that gear is readily ab- available. You can buy new boots. You can buy used stuff. It's all over the place. And the key, the reason that I believe like 22 designs, like, I think it's like, no question those are the bindings, is for me and for you guys, they share the same bolt hole pattern with all their bindings. So you can switch back and forth. So I can switch back to my old stuff. I can move forward. So it doesn't matter. And you know, they have another binding that is a, um, that's an NTN binding that I'm curious about called the Outlaw. That's not a super light touring binding. And I feel like I need to ski that binding for a full taste test of like what NTN is. Um, Cause I still would like, this binding is so much lighter. I love it. Like my touring rig is much lighter now. And they, they tour amazingly and they turn great. I mean, they turn re- really great, but they don't turn in the same way. And it's definitely like, I, it's like for sure there's user error going on. Like I've got to get used to them. It's going to take a while. I don't like it for me. One season is not skiing that much because I don't live in the mountains. So um, just to take that into account. But I do think that there is something. Um, yeah. So I should try that other binding. But I, I, but there's definitely like the, the 75 millimeter bindings have been fully, they're just perfect. They're just heavy and they're old, but they're great. You know, I think honestly, I think what we'll do is we'll try to get at least one setup where we'll go 75 millimeter and then we'll go one NTN setup because, you know, this is the review I think the world has been waiting for. Yes. A couple of guys who've never telemarked <laughs> dropping a 5,000 word review on uh, on telebindings. So, yep. Yo, every line, every sentence preface with like, we don't really know what we're talking about, but. No, I think. Well, you can talk about like, oh, I th- we like these, they're blue. Right. And then these ones were black and we really liked that. I fell way less in this setup, so it's obviously better. <laughs> it's going to be, you know, stuff like that. When going over the bars, yes. I noticed that these bindings had a powerful snap once I landed on my face. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. That's cool, though. That's great. You know, I guess apparently since I don't know how many Telemark gear reviews are being written at this point, the world might just need us to chime in. Um, yeah, a couple of dudes who've never done this. No, I think that's good though. For I think it's like the I think that's a viable review of like for people who want there are people who legitimately want to learn to telemark. That's right. Not saying you're not one of them or one of Third them. Third wave. But that like that there's nothing wrong with like reviewing stuff for people beginners. That's right. Like you can be like, oh yeah, actually stepping into it was much nicer because stepping into these was you can you know, there's NTN you can step into bindings and you know, there's all this stuff. They have breaks and this started as a joke, but actually we probably will end up dropping like a pretty massive review of like 75 millimeter <laughs> versus NTN. And and for exactly that reason, like, okay, yeah. a couple of newbies, like what, here's what we thought if you're interested in checking this out or, you know, picking up a rig to use 
from time to time, or just if you're going to devote your life to telemark skiing in the way that, you know, Luke and I are probably now, you know, so here's a guide. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll be, yeah, you'll, and there's stuff that just knowing gear, you're just going to know. You're going to be like, oh, the way these snapped within, when they'd engage out of tour mode, they were like this or that, or, you know, and the materials and there's stuff that'll be obvious to you of like, oh, I would never, like, even if you would say to yourself, like, oh, if I was a telemark skier, I would never get these bindings. You know, like you're still going to have that opinion, you know, even without even a lot of experience. Anything else I need to know about gear? Are we good? No, I think that's the, that's the main stuff. It's, I mean, the main stuff is really just binding drama. Yeah, binding it's drama. It's my life. Not, binding not, drama. not boot drama, binding drama. No, it's funny. Like, it's like you guys talk about skis and in the world of telemark, you just talk about your binding drama, ah. you know? Like that your bindings can break and fail and it is terrible i mean my wife is just like why are you you're going back in the garage to deal with your bindings like it's crazy this year has been crazy drama for me but um yeah it's really like a it's like the world of telmark is like it's just binding stuff so when i'm at the bar and i'm you know among my new found telly community tribe I've, I've got with the tribe i've got my shirt on that says yeah i telly <laughs> and uh, I, I, I buy these guys, you know, like a, I don't know, a bush light or something at the bar. And then I'm like, no, like a kombucha, like a, like a kombucha with like a shot in it or something. I don't know. Okay. Kombucha like with a shot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I'm like, oh, so man, my bindings, right? I say that and then I'm good. <laughs> yeah. They'll just look at me like, yeah, I know. man. Right. <laughs> Same. Okay. This is good. I haven't, I've got to like figure out how to integrate successfully to telly culture. So I feel like I've learned a lot here. Yeah. I um, had a, a funny story. I was having binding drama once. Um, I was in at Kicking Horse Resort and I was having binding drama and I go to the like snowboard stand, you know, where they have like tools and I'm like, get the posi driver and I'm like tightening something and I like drop like a, a bolt in the snow and I reach down into the snow and find the bolt. And next to the bolt is a piece of a telemark binding, like literally <laughs> <laughs> I like the same, like 22 designs, like one, a plate from a telemark binding that was just sitting and there's nothing else around, no trash, nothing, only a piece of a telemark binding. <laughs> On that note, Jeff, thank you for all the gear advice. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Best of luck. Thank you. Um, get on Craigslist. <laughs> yeah, we'll get on some list. Uh, we'll see what uh, the rest of the poor folks who end up getting dragged into this conversation, uh, what if they agree with you? What they're, what they're, you know, if they have slightly different suggestions. Uh, it's a brave new world. I'm so curious. Yeah. Well, hey, this has uh, been fun once again. Yes, great. You're getting dragged back onto another podcast um, because we've got our Blister Book Club coming up. And so let me check my calendar real quick. Uh, people, we are scheduled to release on... I hope this works with your schedule because I haven't told you this yet. <laughs> uh, I'm not going anywhere. Okay, fair enough. Um on May 11th, we are supposed to be publishing on the Blister podcast our conversation about Abstract Wild. 
Oh, great. So we'll look to record that maybe, I don't know, sometime in, you know, early May. And then on the 11th, Abstract Wild. And I actually, I kind of bumped you. You really should have been the first guest for the Blister Book Club because it was our conversation that kind of fired that idea up again. But I'm actually dropping the first kind of Blister Book Club conversation on April 13th with Chris Diamond, who authored a book called Ski, well, he authored a book called Ski Inc. and then came out with a book called Ski Inc. 2020. And given the times that we're living in, it seemed like a very timely thing to talk to Chris about yeah, the yeah, state yeah. of the entire ski industry and kind of ski re- ski resorts in general. So that's going to go up on April 13th. And then, yeah, we're going to go abstract wild on May 11th. And I can't wait. Great. <laughs> so it's good I probably informed you about that. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so. so you just ring, it would just ring and ring and ring. You'd call and no answer. <laughs> yep. Uh, Jeff, thank you. And uh, I'm going to go get along with more of this crowdsourcing stuff about Telegear. Talk soon. All right. I am back with Dan Abrams, who just unleashed a bombshell of a revelation and and uh, and confession on our the last time we talked about all things telly. So um, yeah, uh, you know, I I hope by now Megan has already published her skating expose. Um, but you know, who knows where we are in the world? Um, anyway, Dan, our our order of the day is to talk about Telemark gear. So we just need some quick suggestions here uh, as we go track down some gear and figure out you know what we should be getting on. Let's talk about ski length for starters. Do we want to go any shorter or any longer than we would just choose for our normal alpine ski length? What's your recommendation for for our crew in particular? I mean, your crew are good skiers. You guys look ahead. I think that if you're on a groomer giving it a shot, sure, jump on the same length of of ski that you normally would. Um if you want to go a little easier on yourself, it's a new sport. When you try anything new, you go a little bit shorter. You know, your first time down, you know, like mountain biking, you're not going to get on some huge slack downhill bike. Yeah. So, so if you have access to something shorter, go for it. Once you're up and running and you are a competent tele skier, you know, I always skied on the same length tele skis as I did alpine skis, and I actually, you know, like typically will have the same ski mounted up telly that I do alpine because if I like it one way, it's, it's still skiing. As I said before, stiffer ski, softer ski doesn't matter. Um, you know, Greg and the rest of my college buddies, uh, Greg being business partner, um, Greg and I, agree on outerwear obviously (laughs) we agree on skis and greg and i ski and have traditionally and this isn't just i mean it's greg and our other buddy ethan from college like the three of us ski on the same skis alpine or telly and we're always exchanging notes 
And currently we're all on um, 2016 uh, Black Rose Corvus before they took the camber out of it. Um, and I, I swear, like between the three of us, we have eight pairs of those skis. Um, once you find it and you're an old man at 42, you just lock it in. So I would say that something like it, it comes down to, to preference. I know a lot of people that ski on a more, uh, more progressive or freestyle ski versus our free ride ski in the Corvus. So I can't say definitively that you would go on a stiffer or a softer ski. My experience is that, especially when it comes to telly, I want to have a tail because you're more prone to get kicked in the backseat telemarking because of its you know inherent deficiencies or you know whatever you want to call it. You know, like you're it's it's harder to do, and so you're tired, you can get kicked in the backseat. I like to have a tail to get myself forward. But that's a personal preference. Would you say personal preference uh, if we're talking about mount point? Like, where are you, are you like always mounting on the recommended line, whether you are telemarking or alpine skiing, or are you always going back a bit if you're mounting the same ski, but one pair with tele bindings? What are you doing? I have to be honest. There's a college friend of mine, a part of the same crew, Braden Masslink. He runs the uh, repairs and... Um, and demo shop at Teton Village Sports in Jackson, Wyoming. And anytime I mount something telly, I call Braden. Um, typically, he's mounting me at around 9 to 11 centimeters back of, you know, like of the true center of the ski. And I think that that, for the most part, is boot center. But, you know, you have to pay attention to the boot center line because depending on if you're still going old school with a 75 mil duckbill boot or a new NTN, you got to be conscious of it. And so, you know, to establish boot center, you know, he'll actually like put the binding on and, you know, like, and then put it on the ski and, and then mark it from there. Your advice is kind of as a ballpark, be thinking maybe nine to 11 behind true center. Yeah. And again, like I'm an ex ski racer. And like, I think that if you would talk to Josh Madsen, you know, who's, you know, like the current godfather of tele skiing in North America, in my mind, you know, like Josh probably would be more in a freestyle, you know, setup and would be closer to the center of the ski. So it's totally preference. It, you know, again, it's skiing you know, whether it's Alpine or Tele, and I think your preference and your ski style is what defines where you'd be mounted. All right, last question. You already kind of alluded to it. 75 millimeter versus NTN. For somebody who has never been on Tele skis before, which way should I go? Doesn't matter. You don't know the difference. For someone that's been on Tele skis, you know, like, you know, this whole chase for the holy grail of a boot that could go back and forth from an AT binding to a tele binding, it kind of killed the sport for a lot of us. Um, there was a, a hinge point in the NTN uh, bindings or boots uh, a few years ago when I was trying stuff out that just felt totally unnatural to me and it wasn't a smooth, progressive flex 
like I was used to where I was using a 22 designs hammerhead binding and a, and a 75 mil duckbill. I know that Greg has two pairs of 75 mil red Scarpa T races in boxes, brand new, which should carry him through his fifties. Um, <laughs> and that, that there are people that just couldn't convert. Um, that being said, I have faith in the telemark industry and everything that, that Scarpa and Rodafella and the 22 Designs boys and the guys at Bomber, you know, all these guys have innovated and the technology has evolved. And um, and I think that if you got on an NTN 75 mil, chances are you're going to go on NTN. It's easier to get in. I mean, you know, people really struggled to put tele bindings on. It's, you know, like the old tele bindings, you know, where you're using the duckbill because you have to get down and lunge to start off. And like, there's a whole nuance just to putting it on. You know, you could pull a muscle just putting your binding on. And so now you go into the NTN world and you can step in, there's breaks, you know, like there's now when you free, there's, you know, there's free pivot, there's all different sorts of bindings. And, you know, I, again, expose myself as not being an expert, you know, like in that world. But for your first time, Jonathan, it doesn't make a difference. You're going to be mediocre at best. So, <laughs> so go get it and have fun and um yeah and it'll all work out just fine i can't wait for there to be video of ev video evidence of me looking like a baby giraffe <laughs> that's right that's right baby giraffe over there perfect who's that who's that that crested butte loke aka kook over there on teleskis but you know, you just got to own it and have so much fun. And even when you're a beginner, you're going to find a purpose. I mean, when I first started teleskiing, you know, I remember, you know, whether it was like a cousin coming to visit or just someone that you wanted to ski with socially, they didn't want to ski with me. I went, you know, like I skied too fast. I always took people in over their head. And so telly initially was that. But it, you know, like as a skier, I looked ahead, I figured out the stance, I had friends and a girlfriend that were amazing tele skiers, and I figured it out. And now my cousins still don't want to ski with me, whether I'm telemarking or not, so. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, man, thank you. Thank you for the insight. Uh, we're going to keep it moving with our crowdsourcing of uh, our crash course in, in tele skiing and tele gear. But uh, yeah, appreciate the input, man. Always fun to chat, Jonathan. You keep doing the good work, fighting the good fight. <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Paul. I need to ask your advice about a couple of gear-related questions about tele-skiing. So let's start with ski length. Should I ski the same length of skis that I would choose for my alpine skis? Are you going to send me video of, of this whole, of you skiing? <laughs> yes. We're making a video of 195 this. 195 <laughs> <Nope>. or greater. <laughs> nope. That's not, I, I know that's not what I'm going to do. Um, I don't, I think the, this, whatever length you would normally ski on, I think is fine. Don't go much shorter. I don't think you need to. I mean, if you're on firm snow, short will be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be at least their turn. Um, if you're, if, I don't know what kind of snow you guys are in. If you're in Powell, you're going to be happy to have a little longer ski. Cause what happens is that the more modern kind of like bindings and boots 
put generate so much power toward the front of the ski when you lift that heel that if the ski is too short you end up like kind of driving it under in soft snow and uh, kind of overpowering the tip of the ski and so you don't want to be uh, that's the other reason why as i was going to mention you might consider your mount back slightly um, from where you would mount the same ski with alpine bindings Okay, so we're moving into mount points here. So in terms of ski length, your advice is stick with whatever length we would be opting for if we were alpine skiing, but mount point, you're saying you might we might want to get behind the recommended line? Yeah, it depends. Like if you if you do adopt the kind of new school, like more centered, um, like tall, tall stance like I've been talking about, where your feet are pretty close together you can definitely get away with um, a more forward mount just like just like you can get away with the more forward mount on alpine skis if you're a more kind of centered skier if you especially if you have kind of a a, a stiff boot and a fairly st- stiff or active binding with a kind of a strong spring if you're mounted far forward or even even kind of a normal alpine mount especially with a rocker tip ski you're going to find that you're going to like be overpowering the tip on that uphill ski when you flex into your into your turn and so i would i would air back a little bit and uh the guy that i always used to nerd out about this with um when i tell it a lot with the ski tech at uh, the shop here in girdwood who was also a really good tele skier and his rule of thumb was whatever the alpine recommended was he automatically went back four centimeters huh and you think that's pretty solid advice yeah, I mean, skis were different. Skis were different then a little bit. I mean, there were, that was kind of pre, pre-rockered skis. Like we were lusting over like the old vocal Gautamas. And, you know, I was skiing on, you know, triple X, Bandit triple X's and Seth Pistols and stuff like that. They didn't really have much rocker. But that worked on all those kind of, all that generation of ski worked really well. Hmm. Okay. I'm going to take that then as saying go maybe minus two to minus four behind the line. Yeah, I think minus four might be extreme. Minus two might be might be a good spot. And I would probably air, trend away from when you're choosing your teleski from from like excessive tail rocker. I'd go with a fairly, fairly solid tail. Okay. Yeah, that was kind of the next question. Your pro flatter tail for telling. I think so. Yeah. I always preferred that personally. Um, just because, uh, and this is affects the front ski or the downhill ski more, but like, especially when you're, um, going really fast, you're, um, you're, you're centered, you're pushing hard on the, you're sinking down right into the bent knee ski, the uphill ski. And like in pow or variable snow, sometimes you're like almost pushing with your heel on the downhill ski and you're kind of relying on that tail to kind of hold you hold you upright. And if you have a lot of tail rocker, that ski can kind of get away from you and get out on the tail of it more and it, you know not be not be in the middle of the ski anymore. Okay, so given, you know, COVID-19 and everything, it's a little unclear exactly when we're going to be getting on tele skis. Let's assume we're not going to be in like super deep pow and let's assume we're not going to be on like rock hard ice groomers. Would I be, would you suggest that I get on kind of the same rules for 
you know, thinking about alpine skis, like, I don't know, maybe something in the 98 millimeter wide to 108 millimeter wide range or air one, like air narrower or air wider. Any advice? You know, again, as a friend, not as somebody who <laughs> wants to watch a crash reel video of me. No, I, what I think whatever ski, whatever ski you'd, you'd, I mean, whatever width you would prefer for a, a day of alpine skiing would, for that, because those conditions would be fine tele skiing. Okay. And All I would right. say, as a, I just have to say, you know, because we're a, a part of the ski community, as a medical professional, please don't go do something that you're going to get hurt <laughs> during this COVID 19 yeah. outbreak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. We won't do that. So, okay. You know, generally what kind of skis I like and that kind of thing. Would you have any specific ski recommendations for me? What would be like your top one or two skis, you know, since I have to go do this, you think I should maybe try to get on? Like, what about a, what Cochise, Blizzard Cochise 185, too much ski, too stiff, um, would you steer me away from that? I think too much. I think you're going to want to like, I mean, if if you want to enjoy, if you want to actually give yourself a chance to enjoy tele skiing, you're going to want to like it. It's fun. It's fun to carve a turn. It's a cool feeling to like really engage the skis and like rail a turn in that position. And that ski is hard to carve even, you know, like you have to be going pretty fast <laughs> to get that, to make that ski fun to carve. Um, I would say something with a little more like, you know, more like a, you know, kind of sub 20 meter turn radius okay. that, um, that you normally find like to be a pretty easy, easy going ski. Okay. Um, right. I don't know. You got some, Hey, what, a, how often do I tell you that you should ski a soul seven, find a pair of soul sevens or something similar. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and have a good time. Something like that. Something with some side cut, not too stiff. Ooh, okay. I'm thinking like line sick day 104 ski we love, but it's light. Do all of my do all of my diatribes about how heavier skis are better than light skis? Does this all translate to telly? Totally, totally. You know what my favorite before I quit telly skiing on any regular basis? The ski that I, the vintage ski I held on to the longest was the old Nordica W105. That is the stiffest, heaviest ski. I think that like I've ever laid hands laid my hands on. Um, so go find the stiffest, heaviest ski. No, don't don't get, don't learn how to telemark on that ski. <laughs> All right, all right. Well, but, you know, wait, wait's your friend. Wait, wait is not a bad thing. Okay, all right. Well, Paul, this has been useful. <laughs> I think. I think. I don't actually know. Um, but we're gonna you know put your advice in with the collective of a number of other people and, you know, see if there are points of consensus here. And Well, uh, you've got real Colorado telemarkers there. And I mean, that's where telemark probably still is alive. So you should just listen to those guys. Unless they tell you that you should be a low rider and get super low, then don't listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I forgot to even ask you about the whole binding debate. Whatever you get your hands on is fine. If, um, you know, NTN is definitely provides a lot more edge, like edging power, like carving is a lot more fun on NTN gear, I would say. Um, but, uh, so the, like a good, like if you get a, some old, uh, 22 designs, hammerheads, or, um, I can't remember what they call their, the, 
75 mil, I'm spacing on whatever they call their newest bindings, but something like that with a good pair of like um, T-races or T1s, you'll, you'll have fun on the 75 millimeter stuff. If, uh, if you get on NTN, just make sure you get a uh, decently, decently supportive boot. Okay. Do we need to talk about boots real quick? Oh, man. This is this telly thing. It's like you're really going down the rabbit hole. On they, like, the, the, you, know, the, you know how like, we talk about ski flexes and boot flexes? Yeah. It's like one level of like deeper nerdery and personal preference on telemark boots because the bellow flex is part of it and then the binding springs is part of it and it all comes together to like to figure out what you personally like and so i would start off with like a reasonably stiff boot and then like a moderately stiff binding moderately active binding and if you're going to spend more than a couple runs doing it you can tweak it a little bit and see what feels better to you yeah you know this whole telly thing I thought was supposed to be like one of the appeals was like a movement towards simplicity. This doesn't exactly sound all that simple to me. So you know what's awesome about telly skiing is once you get like the skills of it, you can get a pair of old like leather three pin boots and three pin bindings and a pair of like, you know, I, w- I wouldn't go with the old skis. I would get a pair of like volley vector bcs or something like that like something with fish scales that are that has like a modern shape and uh and you can go out and just cruise the hills have fun on the downs make turns and never put skins on on rolling terrain and have a great day and mild you know mild terrain and it's awesome for that and uh and for any any like true alpine touring stuff the only reason you should telemark is if you love telemark turning because the uphill is definitely better on on dinafits type or on any tech binding than any telemark binding on the market even the pin bindings uh, telemark bindings i would still say are just way heavier and more complicated than ski touring bindings okay all right paul well i feel like i've learned a lot here um (laughs) i have no idea if anything you've said is true but uh i am going to (laughs) I'm gonna, like I said, put it among, you know, the rest of the advice I'm going to be getting here and uh, we'll see what shakes out on this. Sounds great, man. Have fun. All right, Kristen Sinat, we are back now uh, talking about Telemark gear. So let's see what kind of advice you might have. First thing I guess I'll ask you is, ski length should luke and me and whoever else ends up doing our blister telemark video should we stick to the normal ski lengths that we normally use on alpine you know alpine equipment go shorter go longer what would you suggest i my skis are 167s which is a little bit on the lower end of what i my favorite range like in the 170s and I think they're great. So I think if you stick to, you know, your, what you normally ski, you'll be fine. Okay. So like, I would say basically the way that, well, I'll just say what I normally do these days, the skinnier, the ski, the shorter I'll go. And so like, if we're talking about, I don't know, certain like kind of recreational race skis, 
those might actually get into like the 174, 175 length. If we're talking about like 88 to 98 millimeter wide skis, those will generally be in the kind of 177 to 180 range. And then if it's like 108 millimeters wide, it's kind of 185 to 189. And then usually not getting in the 190 to 194-ish range unless it's like a big pow ski. So my suspicion here is like maybe keep it in the like 180 to 184 range. Yeah. I, I wouldn't go on the lower end for you with like super narrow skis just because um, – I don't know if you heard me say that you could Superman on these skis. Damn it. And the less you have out front, like the more likely you might be to go over the, the tips. Oh, then so. I'm going 192s. <laughs> My new goal is not to Superman. That's you've you've put the fear of God into me. <laughs> Again, it doesn't hurt. Or it shouldn't hurt. I actually started thinking about a ski that I might want to mount up. Because Dan Abrams was saying maybe go go a little bit shorter. So I, there's a pair of 180s that I have in mind. Um, I won't say them just yet, um, but it's like a 108 millimeter wide ski in a 180. But now you're saying, don't go too short or you're going to Superman. Well, what, I think 180 is fine. Pat's on a 174. This is your husband, six, Pat, who you always oh, just sorry. start saying Pat <laughs> as if the entire world knows who Pat is. I should just have Pat on because Pat's awesome. You should. He's really good at teleskiing. Pat's good at everything. Yeah, no, so he's Patrick. He's 5'8", um, and he's on like a 174 or 176, and he, he's fine with that. But I would, for you, yeah, 180 I think would be fine. But you were you started this conversation off saying like on, you know, race style skis, a 170-something. like. That. I was thinking of putting tele bindings on like the head iSpeed Pro that's like 67 millimeters wide. And uh, basically just a beer league, legit race ski. Are you thinking maybe I shouldn't mount that ski up, Telly? Maybe not. Okay. But it could be fun to watch. Next question, just width. Again, for a newbie on Telemark skis, any kind of width range we should be considering you think is going to make life easier? I, I mean, the ones I've almost always used her like 90 underfoot and have some nice shape to them. So they're super easy to turn. I had one pair that um, had very little taper to them and I just did not like them. I ended up getting rid of those. Uh, the easier ski to turn, the easier it is for me is how I've enjoyed teleskiing. So I don't know if, you know, you, you tend to like different types of skis, I think, than I do or gravitate towards. Uh, so... So whatever you find to be a fun, easy ski, kind of get something similar for Telly. Let's talk about Mount Point. <laughs> I've never played around with Mount Point. I've just gone with factory recommended. Just Okay, so Alpine's, Alpine bindings or Telemark bindings, you've just put them on the recommended line. Yes. Okay. Actually, I'm, I'm, if the lifts were still turning, I would have mount, uh, changed up one pair of skis that I recently was on. But otherwise, I've never had issues with mount points do you think we should go with like stiff skis or maybe softer skis than we normally ski alpine or just go with like you said go with whatever is sort of your 
personal preference kind of wheelhouse when it comes to like flex pattern? I would go with your personal preference. Um, I haven't really skied a stiff teleski, so I don't really know how that would work for me, say, or for anybody. But again, if if you enjoy skiing it on Alpine, I think you'd enjoy skiing it on telly. Okay. So I'm, what I'm taking away from your advice here is don't, don't switch up too much from what we would normally be doing Alpine. Yeah. But I mean, you ski what, like a hundred different skis a year. So you probably find on pretty much anything. Well, that's relative. And it doesn't mean we like everything. God knows. Luke knows. And God, God and Luke can attest that I definitely don't like everything. Yeah. Not to confuse the two or combine the two. That's right. That's right. They're, they're, they're different. Um, okay. Bindings, 75 millimeter versus NTN. For the newbie here, thoughts? I've never used NTN. Um, I would guess, and from what I've heard, I think they might be a little easier. So you should probably go the other direction. <laughs> Dan Abrams actually like freaked me out talking about how hard it can be to get into 75 millimeter bindings. And I was like, man, I'm going to like throw my back out. And this is going to be definitely the most embarrassing part of the video. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Pat and I both have black diamond. I think he has like the O1 and I have the O2s. The last few times he's brought them out. And again, he's a beautiful, proficient tele skier. And he will f- crash or something and his ski or his ski will just pop off while he's skiing. And he's just cursing, like, what am I doing on teleskis? And gets so mad. It's so funny. Um, So you should definitely use that type of binding. This is the way I'm kind of thinking about the bindings issue. If we go NTN, we're going to get the, like, kind of easiest to use. So that seems like a plus one for that. But if we do go 75 millimeter, maybe a little more, like, low tech, I might get, like, soulful points, like more soulful, which seems like if I'm telemarking, we should be making decisions about, you know, how much soul we're putting into the experience. What are your thoughts on that? I think you guys should have a setup. One, I mean, each one of you should have a different setup. Okay. So one of you go on the NTNs, the other one's on the uh, O2 style bindings, the 75 millimeter, whatever you're calling them. Yeah. So then you can, and then if you're like, oh man, Luke, you're so much better than me. It must be your bindings and boot combo. Or if I'm on the easier-ish NTNs and he's on the more soulful, more soulful low tech and he's still better than me, I'll just be like, oh, Luke, you are clearly better because you went with the more soulful option. Yeah. Yeah. No, don't admit one's easier until get on it and you're better. Well, don't even say it then and be like, oh, no, I think this is the harder one. I'm just better than Got you. Got it. Got it. Okay. That's sound advice. I like that. I think this is good. Any any other suggestions about the gear stuff? We'll, we'll take whatever we can get. Uh, knee pads on the outside of your pants. <laughs> Nuh-uh. <laughs> no. Uh, I think it would be better for the video, but... <laughs> but, definitely, but definitely knee pads, right? I like wearing them. Uh, my husband, Patrick, likes wearing them. But part of it, too, is because it's always just kept our knees warmer. Uh, and it's just nice having that little bit of protection. And they don't really get in the way. But you can, you'll be fine without them, too. Wait a second. Are you the person I know who actually wears kind of telly knee pads just all the time when skiing? 
No, we did for a while. Not a, not like every time, but on colder days, we'd throw them on because we were yep. just using our lightweight base layers. And I mean, you don't notice them. You don't see them. Um, and they don't feel restrictive or anything? Because I'm, I'm like actually a huge believer in that. Like cold knees is bad for like... It just it feels like it's easier to get like tweaked knees and that kind of thing. So, yeah, we'd had friends on the patrol that said like, oh, this knee injury could have been prevented if they had a knee pad on or something like that kind of contact type injuries. Um, so, yeah, we we wore them for a bit. Uh, and then I think we just one season kind of forgot to pack them in our bags and haven't really worn them in a while. But I mean, they're kind of a pain to adjust. But once you figure that out and get them set, they were fine. So so if you have them handy, like, yeah, do it. No, no, I'm definitely wearing them. Uh, you know what we haven't talked about yet? Ski pole length. Exact same as Alpine? Uh, the same or maybe... Actually, your poles are, aren't super long to begin with. So yeah, yeah keep the same. short poles. Yeah, you're fine. Those shorty poles. All right, Kristen. Well, I think apparently, and I guess I sure hope, you have helped arm us with you know what we need to know here on the gear front. We're really, truly depending on you here. So uh, I, I guess thank you. I think you guys are going to have a great time, and it's going to be way more fun than you're anticipating. <laughs> and it's going to make for a fun video for the rest of us. Thank you for the Telemark gear advice, unless after the video, I feel like you led me astray, in which case, damn you for this advice from my potential future self, We'll see. If, if you fail at teleskiing, it is not on me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to say. So, uh, okay. But for now, um, signing off. I'll talk to you soon. Well, that's it for this edition of Gear 30. Thanks to Jeff and Dan and Paul and Kristen for all the wonderful advice. And again, we're going to be doing a part two, both on our Tele Technique series and then we'll do a follow-up on this, uh, do a part two of our Tele Gear series. So stay tuned for that. That'll be coming down the pike. And then do keep in mind, you know, these listener appreciation videos that we're going to be rolling out, we're just getting started here. So you guys brought us across the line. We got the 250 ratings in Apple Podcasts for Gear 30. Your next mark is when we get to 500 ratings of Gear 30 in Apple Podcasts. Then we go shoot our Blister Snowblade video. So I'm sure that's going to be amazing. Probably won't be goofy at all. We'll see how many of us get injured in the making of that video. But that's your next mark out there. 500 ratings in Apple Podcasts of Gear 30. So get to rating. And if you've already rated, then introduce your friends to Gear 30. If they like the show, tell them they should rate it so that you can watch us go do dumb things. Other than that, I want to say thanks to Justin Bob for producing this episode. Thanks to you for listening. And as always, please be safe. Please be smart. Take good care of yourself and everyone else. And we will talk to you again next week. 